Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Well, the title of my my sharing today is called My Father's Wine Cellar. And during worship this morning, I was thinking about a couple of things that were said. How Anthony said God wants to talk through us. And that's all about, um, in this message, about being a drink offering for others. And one of the other things that really, I just love this house. I love the prophetic nature of this house. I love that it, it almost feels like we're encapsulated in the heart of God inside of this house. I mean, the song, one of the songs that Stephanie chose this morning talked about Dove's Eyes, and that was one of our prayers in the, in the prayer room this morning, that God would give us Dove's Eyes no matter what we're going through. Um, and it's true, our congregation Every single family has faced so many challenges. In the last few months, it's almost been overwhelming the, the weight of the intercession for our house and for every family. I mean, it is weighty. It has been very weighty. And um, I've been asking the Lord, even for my own self, my own circumstances, to give me dove's eyes so that I wouldn't get diverted from his gaze. Um, Like Anthony said, you know, he's in the midst of everything we're going through. We just need to look and be mindful of his presence. And I am talking to myself. And sometimes, uh, I forgot, I think, I forgot who said his word is like a hammer. Well, sometimes I have a very hard head and I need his word to be like a hammer to get through because I'm just like determined to do things on my own and to be self-reliant. And uh, my granddaughter and I had a conversation about that this morning about being self-reliant and how it can be a detriment. And that was one of Anthony's points in the prayer room this morning about we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we are not bringing ourselves under the law, saying we have to fix this or we have to fix that. So I want to just start by uh, reading John 15, verses 1 through 8. This is a portion of scripture that I'm sure everyone has read a million times. But um, I know for me, um, I like to keep learning And I am learning through this portion of Scripture. So, Lord, I just thank you that you give us dove's eyes this morning. And through this message, Lord, that we would look to you and see what you're trying to say to us, maybe in a fresh way, that we get a fresh revelation of your plan and purpose in sharing that you are the true vine. So John 15, 1 through 8, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, the same bears, brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide in me, not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. That is really heavy. (laughs) If you break it down and you think about it, And I think about how it is a reflection of really what's going on in our body and in the body of Christ in general. So I shared a message last month called Facing the Wall. And this message also is about the spiritual shift we're in as as people. And I hope that the message encourages you in who you are, and what you're doing and where you're going. It is speaking to me. So I started thinking about this. We went to Louisiana last year, and um, the Lord gave me a word for um, the brothers about um, the wine that the Lord was creating in that community of brothers. And I believe that he is doing that here in our body, and he's crafting specific kinds of wines. Sometimes we're not aware of the truth that the hardships that we go through is producing great fruit in us. And uh, in Philippians 2, 12 through 17 in 2 Timothy 4, 6, we'll look at a little bit more later, but Paul talked about being a drink offering, and that is what the Lord is making out of us, drink offerings. Doesn't sound very pleasant, but he wants us to um, bring satisfaction, to bring um, refreshment to others. So in this scripture, Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the father as the husbandman or the vine dresser. Um, When I read this, what stands out to me most of all is um, when I studied out vine dresser and husbandman, it comes from a root word which actually means soil. So if we think about that, we are God's soil, we are God's field, but In the uh, fullness of that word, it includes the whole globe and all of its occupants. So that means that our father is the husbandman or the vine dresser, busy toiling over the whole earth, 
busy toiling over every single person and all of the atom that's in us. So no matter who we are, it doesn't make any difference, saved or unsaved, he's still busy making wine out of everybody. So I started thinking about that for my own self because the first wine I ever drank was Boone's Farm Farm Apple Wine (laughs) in the 1960s. I I mean, I was thinking, I was like, oh, my God. And then I moved on to Bally High. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember. Or or Chianti, you know, with with the kind of basket around the bottom of it. But it was all cheap wine. You know, it was all cheap. What? Well, to a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, it was, or 14-year-old, it seemed good, right? I was going to say, yeah, when we were sneaking out, but, you know, I don't, I don't believe the Lord wants us to stay in that immature state, uh, even though we get a buzz when we're, you know, we get a buzz every once in a while, you stay immature, you, you know, you catch conference here, catch a conference there, you get a little bit of buzz, it keeps you going, but I think he wants us to be a little bit more uh, stable than that, a little bit more mature uh, of a drink that can be a drink offering. I think he wants us to even become medicinal in so many cultures. They use wine for medicinal purposes, and I think that that's part of the kind of wine that we need to be. So he tells us in John 15, 2, the first thing he does is takes away every branch that doesn't bear fruit. And if you study that word out, that phrase out, it literally means to expiate sin. So what the Lord is looking to do is relieve us of our sin nature so we can bear more fruit. He's trying to show us that his sacrifice on the cross was enough and we don't have to carry our sin around and feel guilty and all of that, but we just need to give it up because that's what this is all about. So he was showing me the bottom line is we can't make good wine if we have things in our life that ruin our flavor. I don't want my flavor to be ruined. And it takes grace and surrender to allow the Lord to do that. And so he's working. He's working towards pruning us and taking away every branch that doesn't bear fruit. In verse 3, he gives us a promise. He says that it is him who cleans us with his word. Cleans us with his word. And that's our responsibility. He gives us his word, but it's our responsibility to read the word, to meditate on the word, and to allow the word to work in us and through us. And in that verse, I I love studying out what words mean. And in that particular verse, the word... Word actually means baffling wind. It means you never know where it's coming from or where it's going. And the funny thing is, it's the same meaning as the word Jesus in the story on the road to Emmaus. So they didn't recognize him, 
until they broke bread with him. So he's always swirling around us. He's always, you know, moving past us, moving in front of us, pushing us forward. He's always lifting us up. We don't necessarily see him or recognize him, but he's always there. He's that baffling wind that we never know where it's coming from or where it's going. So he's always moving. And I really believe in my heart that that's the season where we're in. It's almost like um, he wants us to run after him. He wants us to recognize when the wind is wishing by and we have this desire in our heart to follow it where it's going, even though we might not know where it's going. It reminds me of every situation we've been praying over in this house for the families. You just never know what's going to happen. I didn't know what was happening. You know, I got another thing for my own family I have to face. I just found out two days ago. You know, I mean, Dan and Terry came home from the hospital. He was home. Boom, he's back. You know, you think about Jeff having his brain surgery. Comes home, what happens? Boom, he has an infection. He's back. Thomas and Robin, I'm telling you. We just never know what's around the corner. But the Lord, the baffling wind, he's always moving about and he knows exactly what's going on. And I believe that when we are in that place where we just don't know what's happening, if we break bread with him like the disciples did on the road to Emmaus, then we'll be okay. I believe he's challenging us to stay focused on him. And that's what the dove eyes is all about. In verse 4, we benefit by abiding no matter what happens. And that means to create an abode, to take up residence in him, and to recognize he has taken residence up in us. And to recognize that. I mean, I forget about that. I mean, when Stephanie was singing this morning about when you walk into the room, everything changes. And I think in my own life, how many times do we really believe that when we walk into a big mess and we see the mess and nothing's changing? But in, if we believe it, we can bring the light if we just open up our hearts and open up our mouths. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I think the Lord is challenging us to stay focused on Him. He tells us to abide in him because he's already abiding in us. He's taken up residence in us. We can't create the fruit he's looking for without him. When we yield to him, the fruit can be like that which came out of the promised land. I mean, I was thinking about the size of those grapes. It's like, holy smokes. So God is cutting away things to make us yield a greater measure of him in our lives. And this is not easy, and I'm talking to myself right now, now because we're all going through something. And I did share with you, the heaviness of the prayer burden in our church has really been enormous. There is a crushing going on as well. We are all at different levels of this winemaking of our Father. Each one of us is. So I just want to like interject this prayer. I want to just say, I just want to pray, Lord, that our hearts open to your grace 
the grace to be pruned, the grace to be mindful of the pruning, and the grace to yield. I want that kind of grace so I can walk through with my head up. I think about Pastor Charlie and your, your shoulder surgery and how you told us that you looked up what was going to happen to you so that you were um, mindful of what was going to happen. And again, God gives us his word so that we can be mindful of what's going to happen. He tells us everything. He tells us everything we're going to go through, and he tells us how to get through it. And Philippians 1.6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has began a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. So he's right there with us. He is right there with us. So here he tells us again in verse 5 that he's the vine. I started looking up, I googled it, it says, wine is produced in 74 countries around the globe. It made me think about how many different kinds of personalities we have as people, or how many different kinds of ethnicities we are. You know, each of those countries has its own climate, its own terrain, and many different spheres of thought regarding vine dressing, how to get it done. And it reminds me of us, and how we each have our own paradigms as to what John 15, 1 through 8 really means, and what it looks like to us as individuals. You know, people don't like being pruned. People don't like having things removed from their life that are really a detriment to their life and thrown in the fire and burned up. They don't like it. And I was thinking about that song, uh, another song that she was talking about this morning about the fire and how the first time she sang it here a couple of weeks ago, you know, the Lord was talking to me. I was crying Rodney came over and prayed for me and everything, and, and the Lord said, I'm going to teach you how to be a fire dancer. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Just what I am looking forward to. I'm going to teach you how to be a fire dancer. So I'm like, oh, my, yeah, yay, God. But, you know, um, when she was singing this morning about um, about God's love is hot for you, that is the quana love of God, that it's his everlasting love, the hot fire that puts the seal on our hearts. It's the quana love of God. And it's like, we want that. We want that. We don't want mamsy pamsy love from the Lord. We want that hot fire of God's love. So, oh, this was uh, something in my research I discovered in my research, the one fact that really stood out to me was the fact that when grapes are deprived of water in their earliest days of development, it is then that the most robust flavor is developed within the grape. So I said, does that sound familiar? For us, God is able to do the deepest things in us when we are in our deepest valleys. Exactly. Isn't that something? So, I mean, under in our deepest crushings, yeah, he's making sugar. 
He's bringing the sweetness in our hearts. And and in my situation right now, I look at that and I'm saying, you got to be kidding me because I do not feel sweet at all. <laughs> yeah. Deprived of water. It's like, reminds me of, um, yeah, when you don't feel them, when you don't see them. You know, he puts it in your heart to yearn for him even more. And you have to you have to press through. You have to press through, no matter what. And thank you for that word, Kathy, because that was a word she gave me up here when she prayed for me. <laughs> so in the Bible times, wine was made by crushing the grapes with your feet. So nobody said it was going to be fun. It's fun doing the... Cr- <laughs> it's fun doing the crushing. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you never know, because I also read that the foot crushing gets the fermentation going quicker and adds to the intensity of the wine's flavor. So who knows if that has to do with Maybe having some dirt on your feet while you're doing it. I don't know. But that was a quote by, uh, by one uh, winery owner out in California. Yeah. So we thank you, Lord, for the crushing. I, it makes me think, too, of how uh, the Lord said that he disciplines every son that he receives, no matter what. I mean, Charlie said that a couple of weeks ago about that's how we know we're sons of and daughters of God is because of the discipline and the molding and the shaping. Well this is another scripture. I I'm I'm not gonna take very long today. <laughs> I'm just realizing that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isaiah sixty five eight This is what I love about our house. As the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So we're all in this together. It makes me think about this whole thing with the prayer cards and the intercession and my WhatsApp app for the intercessors. It is so awesome to see how over the last year, there has been this meshing together of the people in the house. And it's not just this superficial meshing together. It's a genuine caring and coming alongside of each other. It truly is this cluster of grapes. The Lord is truly um, cultivating a vineyard here in this house. Wine has always been a symbol of transformation, of covenant, friendships, and the blessings of God. And that's what's happening here. In each one of us, we're being transformed. We're making covenants one with another. We're caring for one another as friends and friendship. And we are receiving the blessings of God in this house. They are going to overtake us. I mean, you know, even this morning in praying for 
the assignments that have been against the house. When you when we come together and we pray like on Tuesdays or Thursdays, there's only a couple of us here. And on the WhatsApp, we stay in touch with each other. But when you do it in the corporate setting, I mean, it's something different altogether. It really is. When I was praying this morning, I was thinking about... Um, I didn't even... I didn't give this to... Uh, I didn't give this to Susie. I hope I can even find it. Yeah. Okay, 1 Corinthians. And we all, we know this. Everybody knows this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I really believe this is what the Lord is doing in us. 12, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not the body, not of the body? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, in this body, as he has pleased. And I believe that's what God is doing. He is setting us in our places so that we could be what he wants us to be for him, for each other. So I want to just talk, uh, this is another thing. The flavors of wine come from many different things, climate, soil, and their components. Though there are many varieties of wine, they can be broken down into three main, main categories, reds, whites, and rosés. Reds are known for their dark, rich colors. Whites for their aromatic notes, like flowers, citrus, and orchard fruits. And rosé is often paired with occasions because of their sparkling attributes. So I believe the Lord is asking me, he's asking you, what kind of wine are you? Something to think about. What kind of wine are you? And are you mindful of how the Lord uses you? Okay. (laughs) Are you mindful of how the Lord uses you to satisfy others? So it's something to think about. So I just pray that the Lord would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would be more aware of that very thing. I want to look at Philippians 2, verses 12 through 17. And what, I love the Apostle Paul, and what kind of wine the Apostle Paul was serving to the people. My Bible uh, has something else written in it, which I'm going to add, but it says, Wherefore, my beloved as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you and both to will and do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So I believe that that's what the Lord is doing. I like Paul. I like how he was able to articulate his spiritual authority. It's reflected in the way he addresses the church he planted. I believe he was calling for a renewal to unity, to be of one mind, rejoicing in the Lord always, and to be fervent in prayer. He's encouraging the church to recognize God's working in their lives, the benefits of holding fast to the word of God so that he might rejoice in the day of Christ. So he poured himself out into them, and he was expecting a harvest of the same. And I believe it's really important to submit to the pruning and the breaking that the Lord is doing in our lives, the crushing that he's doing his business as the vine dresser of who we are. I think about the way Paul's wine was made. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was chased out of cities. He was imprisoned. That was Paul. And then his concept, his concept of that was good. He had dove's eyes. Paul had dove's eyes because he was able to say, yet, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. So think about that for a minute. When I think about Paul, I think about that he was a rich red wine. because he was able to serve himself with a steak. <laughs> he, he was able to serve himself with meat, the meat of the word. He wasn't a mamsy-pamsy. He wasn't all watered down. He told the truth. And I really think that that's what the Lord wants out of us, a nice wine that we can serve to people with a good meal that we would be a good meal. So I just want to pray for us. I just want to pray that we become more aware of the Father's heart towards us, first and foremost, so that we can become more aware of what he's doing in us and through us. And I pray that our yes would be yes. It would be a yes and amen. 
and we would give over those things that prevent us from being the flavor-filled wine he desires to serve to his people, all people. And that's what I pray for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.